are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Thursday, Locked On Wildcats fans. This is your host, Mike Luke. As always, thanks for listening in. We're going to talk a lot of football today because, well, spring practice started the other day and there's a lot to get to with the new coaching staff. We're going to break down in this segment and the next segment some of the offensive guys that you need to keep an eye on from a skill position perspective. Then we're going to talk with ex-U of A great Sean Harris, who has two sons on the team right now and one son in Jason Harris, who transferred here from Colorado after declining to come to Arizona in the first place when Kevin Sumlin was recruiting him a year plus ago. And we'll get Sean's reaction as to why that actually occurred. But let's talk right now about some U of A football. And you know what? You got a new coach here in Jed Fish who's been kind of a quarterback guru where he's been. Obviously was the coach of the New England Patriots. And why not break down some of the uh, individual guys that we got here? That And this is basically what you need to know about the quarterbacks going forth. Right now, there's a couple guys that you need to keep an eye on. Now, you're going to have a guy in Jordan McLeod from South Florida who will be in the equation eventually. But right now... The two names that you need to keep an eye on are first, Will Plummer. And people remember Will Plummer because he played quite a bit last year, actually. Kid out of uh, Gilbert, Arizona, was not really an OKG recruit out of high school. Was a kid that had some legitimate offers and decided that he wanted to come play for Noel Mazzoni and Kevin Sumlin. Now, when you watched him last year, you could tell that the game was a little bit too fast for him. But that's kind of to be expected when you're a youngster like him. But you could tell that there were some nice little attributes to him. First and foremost, he had the strongest arm on the team. His arm was much stronger than Grant Gunnell or Kevin, or, you know, you got a Kevin Doyle in the mix, but I don't know that he's really going to play much or really be a factor. And then you've got other guys in there. So right now, Will Plummer is the guy who from an arm strength, from a mobility, from basically an everything perspective, it's probably the most physically gifted guy on the roster and a guy that I know uh, talking with some of the receivers that they feel pretty comfortable with. And he'll be a guy that is running number one right now. But as we all know, that stuff's fleeting. That stuff can come and go depending on the time. So Will Plummer, first guy you need to keep an eye on. The second one to really keep an eye on is Gunner Cruz. Another quarterback out of Phoenix. Getting a little bit redundant here, but that's good because, well, honestly, the Valley has produced a lot of really, really good quarterbacks of late. There's more than than 12 Phoenix quarterbacks at Power 5 schools, which is, you know, it's pretty remarkable. But Cruz, if you watched him at practice on that first day, and again, we're blessed because now we actually get to watch some of this stuff as opposed to kind of being hidden away. Cruz has got a pretty good arm. He's not as mobile as Will Plummer, but you can see what coaches saw in him out of high school and why a coach like, you know, at Washington State, where he was originally recruited by a guy like Mike Leach, why somebody like that would be interested in coming to Arizona and playing for this new system. Now, 
it remains to be seen how exactly this will all play out. Again, you're going to have a guy in Jordan McLeod, USF transfer, who has had some really dynamic moments at times. And we'll see exactly what how that breaks down. But so those are really your three guys in the clubhouse. Now, Kevin Doyle is kind of a social media icon with certain people. But, you know, I mean, when you go through two coaching staffs and no one really gives you a chance and, you know, who knows what happens with Jed Fish. But if this is the third coaching staff, at some point you need to kind of think maybe maybe he's just a really good practice squad guy. Now, speaking of practice squad guys, Luke Ashworth is a walk-on who is an entertaining guy to keep an eye on, mainly because when you go to practice, he's kind of a star because his accuracy is is next level. It's absolutely insane, and he's a guy that, who knows, maybe he could be a, a long-term backup here. I don't know that I ever see him being a starter, but for Arizona fans out there, I could see him being a ret rod with upside so that's kind of how you have the quarterback position broken down again this is through one practice and we're going to certainly keep you up to date on all the comings and goings but the cool thing about this though for everyone out there is we actually get to see some of these live snaps some of these live things going on which is really unique because in the past outside of some warm-ups you never really got to see anything and that was always kind of a perfect uh a perfect way to turn off the fan base by we're going to put out a crummy product and we're not going to let you see anybody or get any human interest stories out of it. But why don't we talk a little bit now about the people that the quarterbacks are going to be throwing to. But first, rockauto.com. I've talked to you a lot about Rock Auto. And for somebody like myself who is not necessarily into the coolest car, I need to have an outlet where I can go and I can get good prices on a car parts and where I can expend next to no energy trying to figure this stuff out. And that's what Rock Auto provides you. My family's into it. Everybody that I've talked to really likes it. And there's a reason that rockauto.com has taken off in the way it has. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. And while we're going to be mainly focusing on basketball during the NCAA tournament, it's fun, though, when you have spring practice starting. And more importantly, it's fun when you've actually got a coaching staff in here that seems to care a little bit. It'll be f- curious to see exactly how this plays out. And once the over-under on wins-losses comes out from betonline.ag, I'll certainly be a- there to show you. Now, we just talked about the quarterbacks a little bit, gave you a little bit of a course on who's who. Now, at the wide receiver position, it's kind of cut and dry right now. You've got, let's be honest here, you got two or three guys coming back that should be able to carry the burden of everything first and foremost is jamari joiner now jamari had a big freshman year at the u of a encapsulated by his seven reception 140 yard two touchdown game to end the season against asu and then fast forward to this year and he didn't exactly kill it by any means but a lot of that was because you're on a winless team that we can be honest here was just not very good. Jamari's got all the skills in the world at six foot one or six foot two. He's got great speed. He's got hands. He's a natural football player. And I think that's what you like if you're the University of Arizona. You need that guy that looks kind of like that number one wide receiver. Again, he didn't really show that last year, 
but the year before, he certainly showed that he was a guy with NFL capabilities, and it's going to be fun to see how this coaching staff can take advantage of his unique skill set. Now, another guy who had entered the transfer portal like Jamari Joyner, but was so impressed by Jed Fish that he decided to come back, is Stan Berryhill. Stan the Man's another cool case where another Tucson kid that he worked his way to the U of A came in as a walk-on, and last year, to be honest here, he was the best receiver on the team. And he had committed to go to Ball State, but then after a little while, he decided that he was going to come back here to the U of A. And it would be a major surprise if Jamari Joyner and Stanley Berryhill aren't your two starting wide receivers, or at least two of your three starting wide receivers. If you watch Stan, the cool thing about Stan is that he doesn't necessarily look the part like a Jamari, but when you watch him and you look up, man, he had five catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. And it just keeps happening and just keeps happening and keeps happening. Factor in, too, that he's a great kid, so you're never going to have to worry about any of the -the off-the-field stuff. And you can see why people are excited about these two local kids. Now, again, it's going to... You're going to have to prove this one on the field because we've talked about it before where Arizona teams, they look fairly good at times. And then, you know, once the lights hit... Then all of a sudden, nobody's getting open. Quarterbacks aren't able to get them the football, all kinds of stuff like that. But you at least have a template for what you're looking at right now from the wide receiver position. And another guy that you figure is going to start is Tavion Cunningham. Cunningham is probably the fastest player on the team, and he's really shown some game-breaking ability. And so if you have Jamari, Stanley Berryhill, and Tavion Cunningham, there's three guys right there that... You kind of know where they fit. Jamari's kind of the jack-of-all-trades. You've got Stan Berryhill, your possession receiver, that's got a little bit more capability. And then you got Tavion Cunningham, who's kind of your blow-the-top-off-the-defense little guy out there. So those are three guys that I would imagine are standing out and are going to probably be your starters come opening game. One guy that a lot of people ask about is Booby Curry. The four-star kid out of Texas was... A good recruit, but just in his time here at the U of A, you kind of wonder if he was maybe a little bit overhyped because he has a difficult time getting separation. And on top of that, he just doesn't necessarily look like those other guys out there. But as we've talked about, this is a brand new coaching staff out here. Everybody's got a free chance. And again, this was one practice. We'll be able to be out there on Thursday again, and I'll be able to give you a little bit more of a rundown on what I see the uh, following day. But it was fun being out there and just seeing everybody get to work. And I got to be honest with you, the energy was good. The energy was high. Everything looked pretty good out there from a University of Arizona perspective. And it looked good because probably some of these guys are eating Built Bar at some point because they looked super big and buff out there. Now... We got Sean Harris coming up next. This is one of my favorite interviews. You're going to want to hear what he has to say about why his kids are both at the U of A and why one transferred back to be with Coach Jed Fish. Welcome back to Locked On Wildcats. Fortunate enough to be joined now by Desert Swarm great Tucson High alum, Chicago Bears linebacker, one Mr. Sean Harris. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing good. You? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um... Let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk before we talk a little bit about you. Let's talk a little bit about your sons. So everyone knows Jalen Harris at the U of A for the last couple of years, or excuse uh, now Jason Harris 
who decided he was going to go to Colorado, your other son, at this time last year. Now he's back here at Arizona. What has changed in the sales pitch from at this time last year to this time right now to make your youngest son a U of A Wildcat? Well, I'm, you know, he's always had a special feeling towards the U of A because me, his mom, and his older brother going there, but he just didn't like the direction the program was going in. And since Coach Fish joined the staff, he's been he's communicated with Jason once Jason got in the transfer portal and, you know, with Coach Brown and Coach Hunley and everything he's told him and the direction the program is going in just made him believe in it, you know. So that was the biggest change. What, what, what was their sales pitch as far as, you know, what they see of Jason as a player and what they see as the program going forward? Just development and him as a player just, you know, letting him be a pass rusher. You know, they're not trying to stick them down at D-tackle and say, hey, you're 6'7", right now you're 230, but we envision you at 280, and so we're going to put you at tackle right now. So their their vision was, hey, let him develop and continue to grow and reach his full potential, but in the meanwhile, let's put him in situations that he can have success in. So that was big for him. Now, your son, is uh, he was a highly acclaimed basketball player as well. Uh, two questions. How tall is Jason legitimately, and was there ever any talk to him being a uh, dual-sport athlete? You know, uh, well, legitimately, barefoot. He's been measured at the uh, USA trials when he was uh, 16. In Colorado Springs, he was measured at 6'7". That's legitimately barefoot, so... You know, in basketball terms, he'd be probably six eight and a half, six nine. <laughs> right. But uh, but he's legitimately six seven, and uh, you know, at one point he loved basketball, and he probably would have went with basketball, but he kind of fell. I don't want to say fell out of love with it, but it was some tough times at Higley with the Higley basketball program, where his senior year he didn't even want to play anymore. So wow. All right, let's talk a little bit now about yourself. Um, first of all, you've got some ex-U of A guys, some that you played with, some that were before you on the U of A coaching staff right now. Obviously, Brandon Sanders is uh, in the uh, – he's working in the football program. Teddy Bruschi is an advisor. What do you think of all the alums coming back, specifically two guys that you played with? You know, I'm, I'm excited because, you know, you got guys who – really care about the program, genuinely care about the program. It's not, it's more than a job to them. You know, it's great to have a job and it's even better to have a job with a program that you love and you have an invested interest in. So it's nice to see them bring them on in some capacity to help with the program, promote the program. So I'm excited that Teddy's there, that Brandon's there, you know, as alumni, it makes you feel like you have somebody within that program you can talk to, you can relate to, you can be honest with. So it's nice to have those two in that program. You're obviously one of the best uh, linebackers in school history, and you played on uh, a team that's arguably the best in school history and um, and certainly the apex moment, beating Miami in the Fiesta Bowl in 1994, a game that is still talked about in uh, in these corners. 
Sean, when you guys were getting ready for that game, playing at that time one of the two or three most preeminent programs in the country, did you guys know that you were about to go in there and not only beat them, but you were about to smack them down? You know, we were confident. Defensively, I mean, we just felt like there's nobody we can't we couldn't stop. We felt we had the corners, we felt we had the linebackers, we had the D line, we could get a pass rush, and we were physical enough to stop the run. So we felt confident versus anybody. Now, did I think we we're going to smack them and just demolish them like that? No, I didn't. And a funny story is, uh, you know, before COVID, you had a team meal where both teams get together. And uh, uh, I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was the mayor or the governor at the time of Arizona. He got up to speak. And he, uh, he just kept talking about how we're going to kill Miami and just smash them and Miami didn't stand a chance, and he talked bad about him. And you could tell it was getting under the skin of the Miami players, and especially Dennis Erickson, because Dennis Erickson got up there right after him. He said, you know, uh, you're young. you got a bright future ahead of you, governor, and eventually I'm assuming you would love to run for president. But I'd be damned if you carry the state of Miami, I mean the state wow. of Florida. And he pointed to his team and said, let's get out of here. And I was like, oh, we're in for a good game tomorrow. <laughs> so I was excited, but the governor was right. <laughs> how was how smashed him. Let's talk a little bit about your odyssey then to get to the U of A. I've done quite a bit of you know background. I know some people that uh, grew up with you. So you go from the Santa Rosa Projects to Tucson High, then getting to the U of A. Was college as easy as it made it as you made it look especially being how big you were at the time you know it, it i had a goal and you know and i tell my kids this you got to surround yourself with people that have the same goals as you have you know if you sound just if you surround yourself with people that want to party and hang out all the time then you're not going to get the results that you want you know but if you surround yourself with good people that's going to work hard that's going to hold you accountable then nine out of ten times it's going to work out in your favor and you know i was fortunate enough to have people like mike scurlock claudius Wright. you know they're faster dbs who pushed me and you know we would get up five in the morning go run a mountain and you know we worked hard we pushed ourselves so i think that's why we got the results but confident wise you know uh, they they had some good linebackers at the time, and uh, I always told myself, hey, I was going to play. I was going to be a starter. I was going to do whatever it took. So if it was voluntary, mandatory things, all I heard was mandatory. I was going to be there. I was going to show the coaches, hey, I could play, and I want to get on the field. All right, Sean, last question before we let you go. What are realistic expectations for the U of A football program now and let's say three, four years from now when, you know, Jason uh, might be on the verge of graduating? Uh, I say right now, realistically, you know, I would say three to five wins. You know, I, I think that's realistic. You know, I haven't seen the whole schedule, but. I think that's a good goal for them. If they can get four wins, I, I think that's a that's a good uh, turnaround. You know, they're on what a eleven, twelve game losing streak. So, but in the future, I think if they can continue to build and continue to recruit, which I think they will, 
I think the sky's the limit. I, I think a Rose Bowl is definitely in the picture. You know, a lot of people don't see that, but in four years, I think it's possible because if you look at the teams that I played with, I think my freshman year, we won probably, what, two games? And we went from two games to, like, seven, and we just kept turning around and building. So it's possible to turn things around within three, four years. He's Sean Harris, uh, linebacker of U of A Desert Swarm, Chicago Bear, and the proud father of two current U of A Wildcats. Sean, we really appreciate you coming on for a few minutes, my man. Thank you for having me. Thanks again.